Welcome to These Days at Home podcast. I am Melissa Johns from the blog HarborHome32.com. I invite you to sit down with me and have a cup of coffee as I share encouragement, relatable life stories, and biblical reflections on These Days at Home. Welcome back to These Days at Home podcast. I am Melissa Johns, your host, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're doing very well. Uh, We had some pretty warm weather here in Minnesota, but today it was so beautiful. It was just cool for, you know, summer. It was, it still got up to 80, but it was just not humid, which if you're in the Midwest at all, you know that the summers are beautiful, the best time of year in the Midwest. Um, but it can get really humid, which makes any kind of heat not fun. So anyway, today it was beautiful, nice and cool. Um, and, um, yeah, there's not a lot of personal things to report on, but I do have a few, um, a few like new tips and then one relatable mom story. And then I am going to, um, I'm going to take the plunge in talking a little bit about the Barbie movie. I, was, I'm kind of nervous to talk about this, but I, I have some good thoughts and I really, um, yeah, kind of spoiler alert. I, I liked it for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I'm a big movie buff. So when I say I'm a movie buff, I'm not just watching a movie and and getting the vibe, like, do I like it? Do or not? I actually am looking at everything. I am looking at costume, music, uh, character development, um, cinematography, uh, sound, like all the things that, you know, you can kind of geek out about, about films. Um, so I have a lot of different thoughts and like the director, you know, just the direction he took it and all that kind of thing. So I'll, I'm excited to be sharing my thoughts about the Barbie movie. And then, um, yeah, I, I hope those tips that I am about to share will be helpful. So first my relatable mom story. Um, my son got stung by a bee today for the first time. I've my toddler, I, he's never been stung by a bee that I know of. Um, but little Benjamin got stung by a bee. He's only nine months old. And I am somebody that's a little bit of a nervous Nelly when it comes to that kind of a thing. I just, I could never live in really rural parts of the world or the country because I just feel the need to be as close (laughs) as I can to any, like a medical facility that could help me if I'm ever in a situation where I need like emergency medicine. And I'm talking like faster than an ambulance can get to me kind of a thing. Like we live probably three minutes from a hospital that has an emergency room. So not that I need to look for a place when we, you know, when I, we were out looking for houses that was like right next to a hospital, but it just makes me feel a lot better living closer to closer to town so that if something were to happen, I were right there. So anyway, I wasn't actually here when it happened. I was out. And I, when I came back, my husband told me about it and it was like, had happened like 10 minutes before I came back and he said, yeah, he was crying. So I went over to him and I saw a yellow jacket was crawling on his hand. And so I'm assuming he got stung and he wasn't super fussy. He was a tad cranky, but it was also his bedtime. So, you know, we just figured that's what it was. And we couldn't find a site where the bee uh, would have stung. So we were kind of unsure for a little while. And then I noticed on his hand, the, 
a meaty part of his hand underneath his pinky was getting kind of swollen and red. Um, and so we, I, we figured that out that's where it was. And we like to use that bug bite thing. I don't know if you guys have seen ads for it. It was on shark tank. It's actually called the bug bite thing. <laughs> um, it's like eight bucks. You can buy it online and it, it, um, it helps if when, when you get like a mosquito bite or a bug bite, you actually, it's like a suction it sucks all the venom right out of their hand. Um, so instead of using lotions and different things, um, it works really well. And I, I've used it on mosquito bites, works great, spider bites, all that kind of stuff. So um, we tried it on his little hand, but it's just too small. It doesn't, it's, it just was the tool was too big to like, um, create a suction around his tiny little hand. So I think he's going to be okay. We watched him for a while, made sure it wasn't spreading or getting worse. And, but I'm sitting here, uh, just nervous and wondering if I should go in and check on him, make sure he's not breaking out in hives or anything. So I don't know if any of you have, you know, what it's been like when you guys have experienced that first time, uh, bee sting, whether with yourself or with somebody you care for or a child, but I, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about bees. I really don't like him. Anyway, which is unfortunate because bees are just a part of the world, part of the earth, and especially as a gardener and somebody that lives, loves the fall, they're worse in the fall around here. I think whenever I'm going to the state fair or other places, like the fall is just a bad time for bees. I don't know why, but we're not in fall yet. So thankfully we're all good. Um, so the other thing I wanted, a few little hacks that I've been wanting to share, um, are, it's kind of like this, this concept of the at-home tools. And what I mean by that is things that you would normally have to go somewhere else to do, like a professional, like a dentist or, um, you know, going in and get getting ears checked or um, something like that, that requires you to go in, make an appointment, spend a bunch of money, and uh, just to check out this one little thing. Um I've actually recently discovered that you can, you can buy a lot of things that are like at home to, um, help you, uh, help you figure out what you need to, or fix what you need to, instead of going in to the, the doctor or the dentist to, um, you know, have them do all these services. Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's important to go to the doctor. I take my children always to the doctor. If something was really wrong, off we go. Like I just said, I like to know that I'm near a hospital or anything that has services that can help me with whatever freaky medical thing I have. But as a mom with littles, they get lots of ear infections. And sometimes I think they might have an ear infection, but they actually don't. And it's so, it can be really frustrating when you have, I've got three kids under three. Well, they were under three, but, uh, to get everybody loaded up into the doctor, which they are never able to get you in on the day, at least where we go, they're never able to get you in on the day that you want to be seen. And so you have, if it, you feel like it's an urgent thing, you have to go to urgent care, which then is expensive. It takes a long time. And if it isn't at your infection, you just went and spent a lot of money for nothing. And now again, if it was a serious thing, I wouldn't mind waiting and spending the money. But when it's something like that, that I know I can also treat at home without antibiotics, you can treat ear infections without antibiotics. Um, there are, the, there are these uh, garlic oil drops that you can put in the kids ears. Actually I've used them and they have worked I'm very, very happy about that. Um, 
but I, I discovered that you can actually buy one of those, I think it's called a otoscope. It's the little tool that the doctors use to look in kids' ears. You can buy them and actually have one in your home. So you can check your own kids' ears before going through that whole process. And if you're someone that's not going to uh, use antibiotics anyway, you can just know, you know, like, oh yeah, they have ear infection. I'm going to use my garlic oil drops. Or um, if you, you can even get ones that have like a little camera on the end. I have one that has a camera. So if I had any questions, I could take a picture. It's like tied to your phone. You can take a picture and then send it to the doctor, like through the portal. And then they can say, oh, yep, that's it, your infection. And they can just prescribe you the antibiotic right over the app, which is, again, super helpful, saves a lot of time. And they're not that expensive. They're a good one. The one I got, I think, was like $35. Um, I had one. I did try one other that uh, was actually defective. I had to return it twice. Um, so I actually have two. I've got the one that has the camera, and then I have another one that is um just like a little view has a viewfinder thing. Uh, so that I hope, yeah, super helpful. I've discovered that recently. And then the, the other stay at home th- or the other at home tool that I recently discovered, I just finished using it actually, is this amazing tool uh, that cleans your teeth like you like at the dentist. So I have a horrible history of plaque buildup on the back of my teeth and that actually increases during pregnancy and breastfeeding. So, and I haven't been to the dentist since the pandemic. I know, horrible, I know. Uh, but it just, with our with moving and then all of our insurance changes, like it just has been way too difficult to get to the dentist. So I've had, I have some pretty bad plaque buildup on the back of my teeth. Um, flossing and brushing your teeth don't take care of that. Or, I mean... It can take care of some, but it's just the deluge that I get because of the pregnancy and breastfeeding. It just, it increases it quite a bit. Um, so my, the back of my teeth have gotten really bad and, um, I discovered this little at home dentist tool. It, it, it's like a little vibrator that, or the tool vibrates the little end of it. And it has the same like little scrapey, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not very technical little scrapey thing that they use when they clean your teeth at the dentist um, on it. And then you can choose the setting like soft, comfort, standard, super, or super strong. Um, and it, it's the, that's the level of vibration that it uses to clean your teeth. So I took it, I scraped off all that nasty stuff that they would have to scrape off at the dentist. And that is like the worst part for me because they'd sit there and they scrape and they scrape and they scrape and it hurts so bad. Um, and I just, I hate going to the dentist because of that. So this is like my new best friend. I'm so glad I found this thing. It was, yeah, I think $35, maybe closer to 40. Um, but it's beautiful. It's, it works like a charm and the back of my teeth now are so clean. So now when I go to the dentist and they do their normal cleaning, of course they'll have to do some scraping, but they don't have to sit there and ream on my teeth. Anyway, if that is all uh, relatable to you, if you also hate going to the dentist, I would highly recommend uh, checking out, checking, uh, checking out that tool. I, I got that off Amazon. Um, or if you're someone that is, uh, in between insurances or insurance companies, or maybe you have an alternative insurance that doesn't give you great dental coverage, I would recommend, um, using that just as, you know, like an in-between 
for in-between cleanings uh, if you can't get to the dentist for whatever reason. So those are my two two recent hacks. And I'm sure because now I have this idea like, ooh, what else can I do that's like at home? I do have like an at-home pedicure thing. Um, I might actually buy another tool that helps. I use it in college a lot. It's called the Ped Egg, P-E-D-E-G-G. I don't know if anybody remembers that, anyone that went through college in the 2000s, but they were like the as seen on TV infomercial, but I loved mine. I use it all the time. I don't know what happened to it, but it like... It uh, removes all your calluses, and um, I've got this like little foot bath thing that I think I might start using again for at-home pedicures because seriously, they're just so nice. Okay, I spent a lot of time talking about those things. I didn't mean to. I would love to get into my review of the Barbie Barbie movie. Now, I will uh, preface this by saying I love movies. Almost every movie I go to, I enjoy. There are are of course movies I don't enjoy, but I just love the experience. I love going to the theater. I love being immersed into a story for a few hours. I love being taken by the music, the dialogue, you know, whatever it is that the movie has to offer. I usually um, enjoy it to some extent. Also, um, my husband and I, my husband's the same way. Not that he loves every movie he sees and I don't either, but um, I love the experience of watching a movie and he does as well. And one of our first dates was we went to this thing that my church put on called Film and Theology, where you, it's just like a, an event where you watch movies. Uh, everyone watches this movie together. You have popcorn and snacks. And then, uh, and then you get it, you break out into discussion groups and you talk about the movie. Um, it's like predetermined questions by, you know, the pastor or the um, person leading it. And, um, it's questions on culture, the gospel, gospel themes. Um, just you kind of get to like evaluate the movie from like a Christian perspective. And we, I just loved that. I went to them all the time when I went to that church up in the cities. And then when I started dating Tony, I, that was one of our first dates. I invited him to one and he loved it. Um, he loved that same idea too. So we just really bonded over that. And that's been a big part of our, um, just the way that we like to spend time together is, um, just having these deep discussions about, um, books and movies. And we kind of sharpen each other in that way. Um, so I, I love having these kinds of conversations. So I'll put that disclaimer out there. Um, another disclaimer I'm going to put out there. I hate having disclaimers, but I just think it's important. I think there has been a lot of, um, I don't know. I think I've seen a lot of uh, conservative Christians um, maybe not like the movie or just kind of like, I don't know, just kind of write it off. And after chewing on it, I have saw it over uh, almost two weeks ago. So after seeing it for two weeks, I've been chewing on it and chewing on it. And I I think there are some really great, uh, really great takeaways that um, we can take from this movie as like an overarching theme. So, okay, I'll just first go um, through all the other stuff first. So the director, Christopher Nolan, he did uh, Inception and The Prestige, which if you've seen any of those movies, they are like mind twisters. So like, especially Inception, like a dream upon a dream upon a dream or dream in a dream in a dream. Really interesting. They really get you thinking. Um, And so this was 
I think similar to that. They were, when I walked away from that movie, I was like, wow, there were just so many layers to that movie. Like there was so many different messages, so many different themes. Like, yeah, if you really take it in, there's like layer upon layer upon layer. I am going to say this, this will be a spoiler, uh, episode. So if you haven't seen it, put pause on this episode right now and come back and listen after you've seen it. If you, if you don't want to be, you know, the ending or anything to be spoiled, I am going to share all. Um, so yeah, there are just layers upon layers upon layers in this movie, which is very Christopher Nolan. And I really appreciate it. Or I really liked that piece of it. Um, costume design. My gosh, they hit the nail on the head with so many of Barbie's outfits. I, I grew up with Barbie, but I didn't, obviously I was born in the, um, I was born in 89. And so I didn't, I didn't have a lot of the nostalgic Barbie, but so many different things that I saw her wear. I was like, Oh, that looks exactly like I remember it. Um, so they just did a great job with that. There's this one character called a weird Barbie. And Oh my gosh. Like if you grew up with Barbies, you know, like there was always that one Barbie that just, yeah, got lost amongst all the toys. Her hair got chopped off. She had funny clothes and markers on her face. Like there's just always that toy, no matter who you are, that is just gets destroyed. And with Barbie, there's always that toy too. Um, so that I thought was hilarious. Um, and then um, yeah, there was just a, the, the whole concept. So the concept of Barbie, the Barbie movie, um, or the plot line, I should say, is she's just kind of going about her day. You know, she's in Barbie land. She, um, everything's perfect. Everything's, you know, plastic, just like it should be. And then the next day she wakes up and everything is off because all of a sudden she has started having thoughts about death or, um, yeah, just all of these different emotions that she never felt before. And so she kind of like nothing ends up being perfect. Her feet end up going flat instead of being, you know, pointed in the heels and her breakfast is burnt. Um, something else, all these like weird things happen. And, um, just it's something that kind of goes wrong in Barbie land. Um, and so she is, has to go on this mission. She goes to talk to weird Barbie and she, uh, now has to go on a mission to the real world to go find the person or the woman that, uh, is playing with her in the real world, quote unquote, uh, to fix this problem. And so that's kind of the, the whole setup in the plot line for the movie. Um, and I, so I, I like the plot line. There are a few plot holes in it, um, I can't, I can't put words to them right now, but it isn't, it isn't like a full circle, complete story. Um, but the other part of the movie is there is the, the Ken doll who, of course, in Barbie land, it's all about Barbie. It's not about Ken and Ken is just kind of around. And, um, so Ken, uh, her, it's a, I think it, one of the lines in there says that he, um, he only has a good day when Barbie looks at him. And so there's just a kind of this concept like Ken is um, around, but he's, you know, not like the main character because it's, of course, Barbie land. Um, so that kind of develops later on as Ken is trying to pursue Barbie and get, you know, get her attention to, so he can have a good day and feel like he's, um, you know, he's cool and whatnot. So he goes with her on this journey and he ends up in, in the real world with her. 
Well, uh, in the real world, compared to Barbie land, the men rule everything. So there, while he's there, he learns this concept of uh, patriarchy, which is, you know, under like sinful man, it is not great. Um, and I think I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to my uh, observations in a little bit. But basically what happens is he always felt underappreciated by Barbie in Barbie land. But then when it comes to the real world, people treat him like, um, you know, he's respected. He is, um, I think he, I can't remember exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's been a few, a little while since I've seen this, but, um, he, yeah, he just real he's like respected. Oh, that's what it is. Somebody comes up and asks him, do you know what the time is? And he was just like, what? It's like, somebody's asking me like what the time is. And he just slowly like gets this idea like, wow, like I'm like, I can actually, um, I'm a, I, I have respect. I have importance. I am. Yeah. I'm seen as a somebody in the real world. And so then he, some, while he's there, he learns all about, uh, patriarchy in, in a bad way, not in a good way, in a bad way. And he decides to take that back to Barbie land. Um, and then through, you know, the course of Barbie being in Barbie world or the real world, she ends up needing to go, uh, wanting to go back to the real, uh, Barbie land to fix whatever it is that Ken has started to unravel in Barbie land. Um, so, then she goes back to Barbie land and Ken has just ruined everything. It's now Ken world basically. And, um, she has to then her and the rest of the Barbies that have to defeat, um, in a, a sense, defeat and rule, take over, uh, Barbie world again and kick Ken kind of out to the side. And so, um, I just think, so what I, so my, my main observation from all of that was, I think it's just really interesting. If you know the story of the world, you know, the story of creation, fall redemption, you, we, that, that storyline really actually gives a really interesting picture of what I think the fall has done to the idea of man and woman, um, manhood and womanhood, uh, right there in Genesis three, uh, after the fall takes place, Satan comes and he gives, uh, or uh, God comes and he gives a curse. Not like he curses them, but he um, he tells them what's going to happen now that they have sinned against God and brought brought uh, lies and deception into the world um, and let Satan basically into our world. And uh, one of the things that God says is that um, you're, you know, he's, uh, he's speaking to Eve, he says, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And, um, what I think that means is that we basically between the man and a woman, there is this constant fight and desire to rule over each other. No, I'm going to win. 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 In our premarital counseling, sorry, that was a motorcycle going by, uh, in our premarital counseling, they, uh, they outlined that for us, uh, just, uh, to help us be aware that, uh, just by, because of our sin nature, me and Tony, we will always be trying to fight for the position of ruler in, in our life. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought that, uh, this plot line of Barbie, the Barbie movie gave a really good example of that. Um, so because of, because of sin in our world, uh, women are, um, vulnerable and we have been mistreated. 
Um, this, and this is the part that won't be popular, I'm sure, but men also have, aren't, are mistreated in lots of ways too. They aren't given respect. They aren't, um, they are called idiots. They are called losers. They, um, yeah, they're, they're not given a place or they're not given respect, um, like they should in a, you know, in a honored way and women aren't valued like they should in an honored and lovely way. And so you have what we see in the world. You have men that become aggressive because they feel like they need to control and they want to um, domineer and they they bring harm or they go the other way and they just complete are completely laid back. They don't step up to the plate and have uh, a say in what's going on in their life and their family and they're walked all over by by the woman and then also on the woman's side they are either um, objectified as seen as um, objects and uh, misused and mistreated um, and then in response to that we can say no we're gonna rule and I'm I am you know kind of try, try, kind of try to fight that by uh, dominating over the men and say, no, women rule all, not men. Um, so again, I know this might be not a great, you know, a really popular opinion, but I do think um, that's kind of what we see in our world right now. Like both the genders are fighting for um, not equality. I think they're fighting to rule. They're fighting to say, no, I'm the most important. I'm most valuable. Um, and I think that, yeah, the movie was a good example of that because Ken uh, goes with Barbie into real world and sees like, oh, like I can be respected. And then it, it goes the other way. Um, it goes to too far. Um, so when he comes back to, uh, to Barbie world, um, and so, yeah, I just, that was a observation I wanted to make. Um, and there's a lot of other parts of the movie that I, I liked, like there was, um, the, so that, but when Barbie goes into the real world, she connects with this mom and this daughter and the daughter doesn't like Barbie because she, she gives her this big, long speech of just how Barbie has ruined everything for girls in the real world, um, like unrealistic standards for beauty and, um, you know, what a, what a woman should look like and all these things, um, which I thought was really interest, interesting and relatable. I don't know if any of how everyone else played with Barbie, but I remember uh, my mom, I think she, she did such a good job of this. So, um, or explaining this to me when I had Barbies, she didn't let us have a ton because it, it, it was kind of this like, like symbol of like, Oh, this is what a woman should look like a perfect woman's body. Um, which isn't true. Um, obviously I think that's known now, but that was the case for a long time. And I, I remember my mom sitting down with us and showing us the Barbie doll and being like, this is not what a real woman looks like. I don't want you girls to uh, play with Barbie. If you're going to, if you think that this is what a real woman looks like, she is, you know, fake, she's a doll and all these things, which I just, I remember that it really stuck with me. Um, and so I, I didn't grow up thinking Barbie was just like, you know, perfect woman's body. And I had all these, you know, insecurities because of playing with her. Um, but I think that is like a real thing that they addressed in there. Um, and, um, yeah, I, so I, I really loved that piece of it. Um, then the mom that they, so this daughter's mom was actually the one that Barbie was, um, kind of connected with in some weird way that is kind of unclear. And that's one plot hole. I think that they didn't really cover well. Um, but, um, 
so anyway, so she comes with her, with Barbie, uh, into the real world. And she ends up giving, at some point, she ends up giving this, uh, speech that I thought was just really, really amazing. And really, I really, uh, connected with it. Um, and specifically of one point. So she kind of lays out why it's so hard to be a mom or oh, why it's so hard to be a woman and why it's so hard to be a mom, uh, in the real world. Like, uh, there's I can't remember everything she says in the speech, but there's two things that stuck out to me. One was you you have to be um, like you have to be attractive, but you can't be like too sexy and, you know, whatever. And then the other thing she said is you can't um, be you can't just be a mom. You have to have a career, too. And those two things really stuck with me or I really resonated with because I do think that's the pushback in or that is kind of like what I've experienced in just my life as a woman. I, um, you know, you're supposed to be like attractive to men and all these things, but then yet you can't be too sexy. And so it's like, well, where is that line? Like, you know, there's just that, it's just hard to know. It's like, you know, I don't know. I really related to that piece. Um, I also related to that. You can't just be a mom and not want to, you know, and, um, without a career as well. And I think, especially in this current stage of my life, I am a full-time stay-at-home mom. I've always wanted to be a mom. And um, in some way, I feel like that is not a popular thing anymore. I think it's um, it's kind of become so much like women are obviously capable of doing so many things. And so now that that's been proven and now that that's been like shown, to just say, I just want to be home and raise my kids. I want to be a homemaker. I want to um, put all my gifts and talents and energy into raising, educating my children. I am nurturing them, um, running my household like a BA CEO. <laughs> um, that is not really seen as as like a worthy thing anymore. Um and my, in my experience, it's like, I feel like I have to, when I say, oh, when someone asks, oh, what do you do? I say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm home with my kids. And I usually get like, oh, that's, that's so good. Good for you. Now, um, what did you do before that? And, um, when, when are you going to go back to work or maybe you'll go back to work someday. So like this idea of like me working and having a career is somehow what is still needs to be accomplished in my life. Um, instead of just, saying what it is that I do right now is worthy to do until the end of my days. So I just related with that comment of you can't just want to be just a mom. Um, I feel like that is kind of a, a, a thing out there. So that's another part of the movie I, I really enjoyed. Um, another part that I thought was just really profound was when Bari came into the real world, she's sitting on this bench, kind of like taking in all of what a real world is. Because Barbie world is all plastic. It's, and that's another thing I loved about the movie. It was um, the like the set and the cinematography, how they like created this like plasticky world. I thought it was just really, really well done. So anyway, everything in Barbie world is plastic and not real, obviously, but the real world is real. And so she's like experiencing crying for the first time, like a tear comes off of her face and she's got all like all these sights and sounds and like, uh, like the breezes and just all what it means to be human. She's kind of like experiencing it. Um, and 
she's sitting on this bench and there's a woman next to her and she looks over and she just observes her for a while. It's, it's an older woman. So she's she, older woman, probably in her eighties. So I age again, something that we don't really value in our world. Um, they're marginalized people. The elderly are, um, and not seen as beautiful, not seen as, um, you know, attractive or something to aspire to is to be old and wise and with gray hair and everything. That's a very beautiful thing, but, um, our world doesn't really see it that way. We fight age with like tooth and nail, like I'm going to not get any wrinkles and, you know, all these things. Um, we just fight age so much. Um, but here in this scene, she looks over Barbie, this perfect, you know, plasticky lady looks over at this woman who's elderly and gray haired and she just watches her for a while and she just says you're beautiful and the old woman says I know it and I just loved that like that was it that was the extent of their exchange and it was just kind of this like really like this just this very human thing like Barbie who is perfect quote-unquote perfect looks over and sees age and beauty in a really real way and she acknowledges it and the old woman just doesn't go oh no I'm not I don't you know she says I know and it just I hope that I can be like that when I'm older I can just age gracefully um, and not not fight it with all that I am but age gracefully and then and just own it like own my age own um, what aging is and just know that I am beautiful. Cause that is, that is what it means to be human is to, to grow old. Uh, there's this movie line from the a movie PS. I love you that I just love. Um, they, there's a couple and they're kind of on this like date thing and they're, they want, but they're all, they're also friends and they're, they're watching this elderly couple, um, far off in a distance and she goes, now there's an honest to goodness couple right there. They've probably been together since the flood. And then the guy goes, uh, kind of thoughtfully, he says, we're so arrogant, aren't we? We're so afraid of age. We do everything we can to defy it. Yet we don't realize what a privilege it is to grow old with someone. I, I, I just love that line because it, it's so true. We we think age is, is not attractive. We fight it with everything we have. But it is uh, a privilege to have a long life. Now, it's sad that we die. You know, sin entered the world, kind of going back to Genesis. Sin entered the world, and so um, we do have an end to our life. Um, but if we are people that trust uh, trust Christ, if we trust on the Lord, like this isn't the end. We do have failing bodies that ache and that get sick and have diseases. But we, if we trust Christ, we have an eternity that is waiting for us with, that is free from tears, free from pain, free from suffering, free from age. Um, and so anyway, I just thought that was um, a beautiful thing to kind of behold, um, that Barbie calls out this beauty of this real, real woman right there in, uh, in the real world. And that, that kind of brings me to my, my last thing that I thought was really uh, good is just, I think it really showed what it meant to be human. You know, she enters the world and they do, they do a great contrast of the Barbie world and the real world. Um, and it just, it shows you what it is to be human. You have emotions. Nothing is perfect. People are mean. 
uh, people are mistreated. There is this like hierarchy of authority in our world um, that is used for bad. Now, I think God's design for authority is is well and perfect, but because we are sinful and flawed, it gets, goes terribly wrong. Um, and so I think they show that in uh, this this contrast, even though this isn't a Christian movie, you know, but I, I think if you can like look at it through the eyes of the gospel and through how God created the world, you know, creation, fall, redemption, there are just some obvious things right in front of us that I think are such a great example of what, um, yeah, what it means to be human, what it means to live in a fallen world. So anyway, that is my review of the Barbie movie. Um, now, um, my friend Erin uh, Monseth on the Patrick's Wife podcast, she brought up a really good point about the Barbie movie. Now, back to the whole idea of Ken. So Ken, you know, didn't feel like he was um, anything unless Barbie looked at him. And so towards the end of the movie, how that kind of resolves is Barbie is like, Ken, you are enough. Um, just being Ken. And... Um, if the there's there there is this concept out there right now like if like you are enough you are enough for your spouse you are enough for your friends you are enough in just in who you are and Aaron said this and I think it really makes sense is that uh, that actually is a really big pressure to put on ourselves because the fact is we aren't enough um, we have flaws, we have failings, but we, um, but we have a God who is enough. And I think that is the most important thing to know. If you are feeling like you're not enough, um, you go, go to the Lord, go to God. He is enough. He, um, he is everything in him. We live, move and have our being. Um, he is who we are rooted and grounded in. Um, if you believe in Christ, your life is hidden with him. And when, um, he died and then it was raised to life. And so then you also, uh, will be raised to life with him. And so, um, I just, I just think that, uh, that is, yeah, it is a lot of pressure to put on ourselves. Um, I actually have this book called mom enough is the title, but it's actually kind of like a, you know, like a catchphrase title because, um, the whole point of that book is that you are not enough, but that you, um, you need, you need God, you need the Lord in your life. Um, he is the only one that will satisfy your deepest desires. Um, he is the only one that will give you, um, an identity that is, um, that is true and that is beautiful and is worthy. Um, your identity is in Christ alone. Um, instead of being a mom, being a spouse, being a friend, um, cause we can't, we can't live up to other people's expectations. I will, I know I will fail my kids in some way. I know I will fail my, my, my husband in some way, my friends, I'm sure I have failed you all at some point. Um, and so it's, it really is that reassuring, like God is the one that makes us enough. And so that, that part of the movie, too, yeah, there's that um, piece like, oh, you're enough in yourself, which I don't just don't think is true. Um, so anyway, those are a few of my thoughts on the Barbie movie. And again, I, I love going to movies. I love thinking about them, looking at all the different aspects. So I, I thought it was, um, an enjoyable to watch. It was, it was enjoyable to watch. It was I funny. I was actually laughing a lot throughout the whole, <laughs> the whole movie. Um, and again, oh, another thing. So again, they, they, they nail the Barbie costumes. There was one point in the movie where they kind of do these like flash, um, f or freeze frame 
shots of all of Barbie's like nostalgic outfits, which was just so fun. Um, and so I think, yeah, there was, there was that piece of it too, that I really, really enjoyed. So I hope these were helpful thoughts for you all as you are, um, yeah, if you go see it or if you watch it and then come listen to this, um, I, I think it's really interesting to watch like how many people have, yeah, just kind of started like, Ooh, let's talk about the Barbie movie. It's so interesting. Um, because there are, yeah, there's just, there's a lot there and I think culture recognizes that. I think, um, yeah, Christian culture too is ready to like, um, dissect it apart and review and share everything that they think, um, as I'm doing here. So you might get people that are on a spectrum with this movie that, you know, may not like it, some that really like it. So anyway, I just thought it was a great movie, lots of messages, lots of things to think about. Um, and the best thing is, is you get to determine for yourself what you, what you like about it and what you don't like about it. So anyway, I hope that was enjoyable for you guys. I love talking about it as you can tell. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and thank you for just tuning in each week. I, I've really enjoyed doing this podcast and, um, yeah, come back again next week. If you liked this, please do leave a rating, rating and review and share it with a friend. Um, that helps the podcast to be seen by more people and to just continue to invite people into these conversations that we're having here on the podcast about biblical reflections on, um, the home homemaking or just being a mom, or just, I guess today was just kind of about what life is going through life as a human. So anyway, um, yes, please do share it with somebody if you find a value in it. So other people can find value in it too. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.